We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Crucial final rounds as we try to win $250,000. That is what we are covering today on Rotoviz Overtime. We are heading into the 16th round of this particular draft that we are drafting over at the FFPC in the $125 Best Ball Tournament. A second place finish, Sean, for us a couple of years ago. Hoping to go one better this year and get back into that high-end prize money. So far, we have Christian McCaffrey, Ramondre Stevenson, Tanks, Bigby's. Thanks, Bigby, Chase Brown at running back. We have Mark Andrews, Dallas Goddard, Sam Laporta at tight end, along with Jared Goff at quarterback. The wide receivers are Drake London, Jahan Dodson, Quentin Johnson, Jameson Williams, Romeo Dobbs, and Sky Moore. So we do have five selections left for this to play out. In our last draft, Sean, the Superflex draft, we did go with some late round zero RB candidates. It might be a case today or we may still have to pick up a couple of running backs, but we need to get some quarterbacks in on the game and a few other selections to be made in these final five rounds. So looking forward to seeing how we round it all out. Since we picked Chase Brown in the last round, has been mostered likely Shahid, Kenny Pickett, Isaiah Hodgson's, Jeff Wilson, Luke Musgrave, Jalen Hyatt, Alec Pierce, DJ Chark, who Sean had mentioned as a potential option earlier in the draft is now off the board. Two selections to go. Before we pick again, Khalid Shakir, potential option, Van Jefferson. Lots of running back options with Sean is what we kind of tend to see when we are in this range of drafts. Usually the range that we're looking to pick up some off those running backs. I think this next pick is, is most likely still a running back. Uh, Deuce Vaughn is somebody who's in this range, Abanakanda. There is some of the kind of veteran players who aren't really uh, being targeted here for us. And, you know, the Elliots, the Edwards and Lairs. Bryce Young, somebody who's here. Matthew Stafford. Um, Desmond Ritter, Sean, probably comes into play and Sam Howell at this pick as well. Uh, Lots of directions we could take it, but those quarterbacks feel like they're they're much in play for us. But based on how the rest of the draft board has gone at this particular time, the teams that will be drafting between us and the next selection – they all have two quarterbacks. They're probably going into three quarterback builds at some point. We know that they they know that Sam Howell and Ritter are probably selections that we're looking at. 
are they players that we need to take at this point or we're likely to miss out or have you another target in mind here well the last two picks were qbs there and that just gives two quarterbacks to those drafters as you mentioned the the players on the other side from us have selected a lot of quarterbacks early and so they probably aren't going to take one and yet i don't know that there's a player out there right now who is worth risking it on sam howell and again we don't even necessarily think that Howell will be the next quarterback taken he's certainly not the next quarterback by adp but i don't know that it makes sense to risk losing him especially if we're assuming that at some point his adp is going to take a big jump do you have a name here that we should be selecting because we won't be able to get him when he comes back around no i'm on both quarterback options and howell and rudder with howell being the preference um is the way i would go so i was more waiting to see if you were going to talk me out of the quarterbacks rather than <laughs> the opposite way around so the names we were looking at that did go in between our selections we picked chase brown in round 15 to get our fourth running back as opposed to getting our seventh wide receiver i had mentioned rashid shaheed i think that he is a good pick isaiah hodgins and jalen hyatt both went to phil out of 11 he gets sort of a, a contingent based play there that one of those guys is going to come through and be a meaningful weapon for the giants dj chark also goes to the shaheed drafter so that's lawrence out of nine i like both of those picks late we talk a lot of the time about not really caring for the wide receivers once we get to this range of the draft but i think both of those picks make a lot of sense if there's someone on the panthers who has an emergence this season you would kind of expect it to be the player who still has athleticism in shark and has experience having done it before shark subtly had a decent season with the lions last year probably not the type of season that should have pushed him quite to this level when you're in an offense where people are excited about bryce young right i mean they're legitimately fired up about what he can do as the number one overall pick and yet there's nobody else that jonathan mingo is i mean maybe no receiver or no player in the entire league has a wider range of outcomes than mingo does because he's big and athletic and had a decent final season in college and yet his profile transitioned successfully to the nfl almost never <laughs> so when you have those two things pointing in very opposite directions you could have anything from a crazy wide receiver one type of year because he had the athleticism because he has a massive target role and because bryce young is immediately a star or basically you're talking about a guy who more or less doesn't play and so like i said that's about as wide as it gets shark seems like the guy for me he does go once it gets back to us i didn't really like anybody after our pick now we did have brock purdy go one slot after so there was a, a qb selected i think with the purdy going there you could definitely make the case that that would have been a howl instead but then we see kj osborne mvs van jefferson hunter renfro and justin ross the interesting note at that point is that we have Frank taking the two Chiefs receivers after he had selected Travis Kelsey to start and after he had gotten Joe Burrow. So a there's lot a huge of... battle going on between two and three because that was the team you mentioned at the start that was Jamar Chase start takes Patrick Mahomes over T Higgins. So that team in spot three could really have got both Bengals and then Joe Burrow goes in the fifth. But because Patrick Mahomes has uh, gone to the team in three we see, see joe burrow then go to the team in five or in two sorry in the fifth round one pick earlier 
And then in a situation where you have Patrick Mahomes, you get Kadarius Tony. You're probably hoping to pair that up with some. Frank has come back with the the hammer blow to now have uh, MVS, Justin Ross, and Travis Kelsey with uh, no Patrick Mahomes. So I, I'm sure there's a few picks there where both Frank and the, the drafter in the third spot have been having some choice words for each other as they they draft here, but. That is part of the the challenges, and sometimes you can think you're setting up that you know stack. For example, the one we talked about with Jordan Love to uh, Ross in the seventh slot. Somebody can just uh, take it all away. And yeah, I remember Sean, we were doing some drafts for the the playoff contest last year. We were setting up those Brock Party teams, and <laughs> Brock Party just kept going to uh, different teams at different times. So one pick away, Justin Ross, as you mentioned, went off the board. Then Zach Evans, Hunter Henry. And then Abanakanda has gone off the board, who is somebody we mentioned at the, the last round there. Shakir, Sean, is he somebody who who interests you here? If we want to go back to the wide receiver position, Ritter is there, who we talked about earlier. I think there's the potential to take him or to potentially push it that little bit further. Any other names really standing out to you at this point? It is, again, you know, kind of pick, pick the player you prefer at this point. It is. I don't know that we have to take Ritter here because Young and Stroud are still available and yep. yet because we have London I might push that direction especially because we've been wiped out I'm at the running backs this, I, that I, I haven't even pitched quarterbacks for these last two picks and that's the way you want to go I, I think that's the pick if, it was, if I was drafting solo I would be taking the quarterback here so you want Ritter yep now, one of the things I think is going to be interesting to track is how many of the late quarterbacks actually even go. The FFPC format has been very straightforwardly a 2QB format. And a lot of the drafters will know that, especially the drafters who took a couple of quarterbacks in the first 10 rounds. And we had four teams that had a couple of QBs through... 10 i think five teams actually so those teams more or less have the position covered you wouldn't really want them to select a third quarterback they're giving away slots that they need for other positions we selected the three quarterbacks because we waited to the end of the window to select the first one and because all three of them are matched up with receiving weapons that we have I feel a lot more comfortable doing it in a tournament format where it gives us three different outs. And I feel a lot more comfortable doing it because we set it up that way. I would still discourage it in general. Again, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, but you want to have a very clear plan on why you do it. If you take the third QB in the FFPC format Colin, what else do we need to be looking at here as we move into the 18th round? We thought we might be able to wait a little bit on Shakir. He is somebody who does have a little bit later ADP. And yet he was in the article that I wrote recently about late round wide receivers to target. And he does go two picks after we make our selection. He did. So I was hoping that, that he might've got a round in the next round. We have been fortunate enough, Sean, in this draft for a lot of the players that we have targeted have then come back around and that has worked out, but disappointing to, to lose out on him. Another player I'd be interested in getting here in the next round, if it is possible that he comes back to us would be, Dwayne McBride the, the concern here is ideally with the setup that we have at the moment we have four running backs two of those being rookies I, I think we want to get one wide receiver and one running back through these next couple of rounds do you think with the players that are available it's, it's easier I think in this range to pick up the running back position there isn't a huge amount of wide receivers that 
are, are screaming out that that you want to have them on your roster you know when it gets to this point in the draft it is pretty pretty uh bleak at the the wide receiver position as a whole more running backs that it would be kind of tempting as i mentioned a little bit earlier i think that i would be liking to to get mcbride here if that comes back to us in the next round but based on what we've done so far we also haven't drafted a running back since that selection off sky more in the 10th round it'll be interesting when we go back and review this draft and post would some of these picks have been detours for the wide receiver position rather than the running backs maybe that chase brown pick would be the one that we would have would have changed there's quite a little wide receiver on post that pick but i'm i'm looking sean through these next couple of rounds that it's kind of uh a minute you know one one wide receiver one running back and then one of best option available in the 20th round i think that makes perfect sense in terms of firing up the roster construction explorer sort of as we go when you draft six wide receivers in the first 10 rounds the rc is very comfortable with you stopping at six that was very effective in 2020 it was very effective in 2021 not as effective in 2022 because we took the six and ten but they came after the first four rounds yeah i think that that would also push you in the direction of taking a seventh if you have a good name but i mean there may not really be a name that <laughs> is draftable so we have to consider that pierre strong someone else i thought was interesting now you're not necessarily looking to create a handcuff in these drafts but especially when you have 20 rounds instead of 18 it becomes slightly more viable also pierre strong i think was getting to the point where he was the best player available we'd hate to <laughs> we'd hate to not win either the league or the tournament because stevenson goes out and strong absolutely blows up but that was a nice selection are we going to miss out on 10. the are we going to miss out on the potential of the week 17 correlation here for the vikings running back with the packers stacks no we're going to get him we're going to get him we just needed to get through Good one confidence. more pick we mentioned oh, the QBs. <laughs> no QBs were taken after we took Ritter until Young was selected one spot ahead of us. I did kind of think that was the direction it was going to go. Column, that made sense again. A three QB build when you have Love, Stafford, and Young late, that's the way you want to put that together. So that's a, a great construction from Ross right there. Colin, anybody else other than McBride we're looking at? Unless you want to take Edwards Alaire, your favorite Chiefs running back. Um, <laughs> Clyde Edwards uh, Alaire is available. Not, not really. I think I think he's the, the clear target that I would have here. Now, the rest of our running back queue at this point is, and not necessarily in any particular order, is Leonard Fournette, Zamir White, Sean Tucker, Malik Davis, and Trevion Williams. Leonard Fournette, nobody is interested in him right now because he's not on a team and he's not any good. But Colum, <laughs> he probably... <laughs> And those are two good reasons not to be interested in something. I was wondering, uh, was it a misclick that he was in the queue? That's what I thought was happening. But the thing with Fournette is that at some point he probably will sign. And he's going to jump. He's up. a back who can do everything. Now, he does everything at a level that doesn't change a football game. But if the team essentially needs you to not make mistakes and to be able to handle the different elements and they don't care about your explosiveness, which doesn't exist, then, I mean, he can still be a third down back and a three down back. And in a lot of ways, I think that Fournette is the best fit for teams that are really good if they should lose the guy they're counting on. And so, I don't know. I mean, I didn't enter this draft 
wanting to take Fournette. I don't want to leave this draft having taken him. But you have to consider some of those things when you get into rounds 19 and 20. Zamir White, somebody who we thought was going to take more of the workload from Josh Jacobs a year ago, didn't do that, but is being talked up as a candidate to do a little bit more this year. The other thing there is simply that, I mean, because Josh Jacobs was able to handle that full workload so well last season, it seems like he's going to be able to do it again. The last thing really sticks in your mind, but Jacobs at that level of work, very much an injury candidate. White would probably be the guy, although he wouldn't take nearly as much of the work as Josh Jacobs does. It's not one of those cases where the backup is likely to take more volume than the starter, but White is interesting there. Tucker, I think, could be the starter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if he is able to deal with whatever the situation is there and actually make the team. Malik Davis, it looks like the backup in Dallas. Travion, I'm actually fine with putting on this team in addition to Chase Brown, especially when we had those two guys early. If we were to get you know, some sort of alternating scoring from the Bengals backups or just hit on one of the two, that would be a huge additional running back development for this roster. Colin, I see that you have added LaVisca Chenault and Marvin Jones, who I do think fall under that category that I like to put out there sometimes of players who exist. What are you thinking here in terms of they our do exist. pick? They definitely exist. Um, we can confirm that as factual. I do think, Sean, though, that the reason that I've added Marvin Jones, and I know he's been somebody we, we have not drafted really at all um, in recent years, and, and again, fits in potentially to that Detroit Lions side of things. Um, when we look then, Chenault is just somebody who would be, you know, the, the, when you go down through the wide receiver list, there's not a huge amount. There, there's basically nothing in there. The other one that is in that list that has just gone off the board I was going to ask you a little bit about was Josh Downs, if he would have been a an option potentially there. The other one is, and I, I really struggle with this pronunciation, Sean. I'm just going to go with Pucka uh, for the LA Rams. Give me a correct pronunciation so I can... I feel like he's going to be this year's Alberto for me. He's going to be this year's Alberto. And In the... terms of I can't pronounce his name correctly. <laughs> well... There, there are multiple ways in which being this year's Albert O would be great or would be really not what you want. No, I'm obviously joking with Colin about Chenault and Marvin Jones, especially Chenault. I still am holding out this tiny little bit of hope for, especially on it. a team where, I mean, again, we, we just talked about Mingo. We talked about some of the other guys. They have nothing. So I think that makes him interesting. He was such a good college player in the NFL. He's been a one-trick pony who's really been pretty bad at that trick. So again, that's... That's not the direction you're hoping to go. Colin, I actually would still be fine, I think, going running back, running back to finish here if we had the names. I think that our picks should be between Travion or Zamir White at this selection and then maybe come back with a receiver if we don't like. How, how do you running think about Travion after we already took uh, Chase Brown? Do you want to split it up and go White based on that? Uh, not necessarily, but I'm definitely willing to do that. Is that your preference? Go white here and we'll take Travion in a different draft? Yeah, I think so. I, I would like to split it, you know, in case there is a chance that both of them have a chance at those jobs, either based on injury or based on, on having some uh, workload as the season progresses, rather than the other option is you could just completely, you know, bet against Mixon, you know, and go that direction and, and take the two Cincinnati backs. Mm-hmm. But I would tend to split them. Would you uh, take those guys together from time to time? Or not those guys, but similar profile running backs in the same backfield? 
Almost never. I think this is the one case where I would do it because okay. I think that Mixon is going to definitely hit an issue that creates space for the backups. I mean, the thing we have to consider is still possible that Fournette or Elliott could land there. And then you're like, well, I <laughs> wasted two slots, not just one on this particular team. But both of those guys just have dynamic elements to their game to where I want exposure. And I think at the prices that you have to pay, it's just not a big deal to draft both, especially in a 20 round draft, as opposed to an 18 round draft. And I mean, I think there could go through a big stretch of the year where those guys are the committee. And so it's not even necessarily a case of one or the other scoring, but that they both score well. And so if you have them both, you have the chance of hitting on the guy who comes through for the big weeks in the playoffs, but you also just have sort of that alternating scoring level with the expectation that even if Brown and Williams are the guys there, I mean, I think that the EP numbers, right, the expected points for that backfield will still be meaningful. And one of the things that we witnessed last year is that going into the season, you didn't really get the sense that the Bengals had any confidence in or not confidence in, but there was no push for them to play some AJ P Ryan. They were really trying to figure out if they had something in Chris Evans and what ended up happening was that P Ryan was the best guy in the roster and it really wasn't even that close. You've got a big back who can also catch passes. He's the perfect three down complement to what you want to do in the receiving game. Now we do see Travion go here again to John who also took Pierre strong. So we're gonna have to give him a little bit of a hard time for grabbing all of our late running back options. Colomon will run something by you last week. I wrote about my favorite really late wide receiver options. Tutu Atwell had extraordinary yards per route numbers in his final year in college. He declares early. He's drafted in the second round by the Los Angeles Rams. He struggles with some injuries, but in the second half of last year, his peripherals are considerably better than those of Van Jefferson. Now I say peripherals from the perspective of how he's doing on a per route basis. He didn't grab as many routes. And we would expect him to still be behind Jefferson in the pecking order when we're talking about opportunity, at least early on. But the Rams have been raving about Atwell. They have almost nothing in the passing game. We, it's not a guarantee that anybody is going to emerge there, which is one of the reasons why I guess I'm not quite as high on Van Jefferson as the community, even though I think it's a good play. I, I'm not off of it as a play. One of the things that we saw last year is that the lack of options <laughs> generated a ton of volume for a Tyler Higby. And yet if you're going to make a play in the 20th round, you're looking at, you, you just don't have good options available. Someone who has actually been extremely successful and is utterly electric and is on a team that needs players and they have at least a little bit of incentive to not look so bad for some of these guys that they have overdrafted. Is is he someone who appeals to you at all? Yeah, I think I'm very much in play. And I I think we need a wide receiver. And these picks, I know you mentioned we could finish out running back, running back. I, I think I would feel better with one more wide receiver on this roster. And when we're looking at the names I've added in, Sean and Chenault and Jones, I think Atwell's right there and probably above those guys in terms of like if, if we have a large sample size of Chenault not making things happen we have seen Jones get in the end zone but we've seen 
obviously an aging veteran wide receiver who isn't what he once was so the the case you have made there for the potential again like i think if we're looking at a running back room that is set up similar to that rams wide receiver room uh we would be very much interested in that player so i think it was a good pitch on but the problem is he's no longer on the board (laughs) we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, so we lose in the last five picks. We lose Travion Williams, Malik Davis, Eric Gray, Foster Moreau, and Tutu Atwell. We're continuing to get some late tight ends going. We're getting some late QBs. Right before Travion was CJ Stroud. We do now get Jimmy Garoppolo. We get Sean Tucker. So you're thinking of Marvin Jones as being this play on the Detroit Lions backfield while Jamison Williams is out. <laughs> you could say is that, that, is that the, no, the pitch I was making was two, two Atwell was like the, he was the version of the running back room. I was talking about Marvin Jones is purely a play for correlation with the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff. Okay. Right, right, right. But, I, but I'm saying we hadn't really gone over Jones yet, who was the other guy that you had added to the queue. And so, when we look at his role last season with the Jaguars, he's definitely clearly behind Christian Kirk and Zay Jones who breaks out, but still functions at least moderately adequately as a deep threat, 13 and a half yards per, I'm sorry, 13 and a half air yards per target. So a 13.5, a dot you have, 11.5 yards per reception but in terms like it of definitely, production it's very limited in terms of production it's limited and yet it does feel like a play that fits with this team the only other question would be do we want to take a risk on like a michael wilson for the cardinals late i kind of think that greg dorch might be the guy there Devonte parker someone who looks like a starter for 
the Patriots, but could still be hit by Hopkins. For me, it's probably Parker or Marvin Jones right here. I'm also, I'm always a sucker for Chenault. Those three guys, Colin, well, you both the- equally as disgusting, Sean. You can take the credit for whichever one we pick here. <laughs> who's getting but in the no end? One- it really comes down to who's getting in the end zone more times. Is it Parker or is it Jones? No one wants to take responsibility for the final pick. We auto draft. <laughs> I mean, we auto draft after I intentionally put him in there. We auto draft Devontae Parker, though, so that no one has to be officially responsible. Oh, I. I think that the situation there with the Patriots is that they're going to move in the right direction. Parker is the guy who, when the offense functions and the quarterback is willing to throw the ball up to him, that he has some spike weeks, which in round 20 with wide receiver 93, if you get a starter who gets some spike weeks, then you're definitely coming out ahead. He could end up fairly far down the pecking order there because obviously we're betting on Taekwon the Patriots are making a real push to try and sign DeAndre Hopkins. I guess my thought is that Juju Smith-Schuster was not a successful player for the Chiefs last year. It sounds like he's struggling with the knee swelling. I mean, the swelling in his knees has basically sapped any playmaking ability and often the ability to actually go out on the field as an NFL player. I think if you are completely fading Juju, then Parker has a role in that offense. Again, it's wide receiver 93. It's the very final round. But I I kind of want exposure to a guy who could be their full season, whereas I guess I don't see that role for Marvin Jones, even though, I mean, the play in a vacuum with the other things that we've set up, I think that was a great option for you to have put in our queue there. I think the option was there, but it's also one of those things, like if it wasn't a, a Jared Goff-led team, he's not going to be in the, the queue at all, um, more so just for the, the correlation. Parker is somebody who, you know, I, I find the, the wide receiver room and the tight end room, everything really with the, the Patriots outside the running backs is always you know going to be a little bit of a question heading into this season. But Parker, like you mentioned, has shown flashes. I think some of the problem has been that the the way they've targeted him hasn't really been to his strengths. But the other problem is when they have targeted him, sometimes it also looks like he's not interested in playing football. So there's a couple of things like that that, that have followed him around over the last couple of seasons. But let's see where it goes. I, I look forward, Sean, to listening back to this in kind of January time when this team is surging towards that $200,000 to after after parker has been named the comeback player of the year it's going to be going to be fun times as we move forward there but we do add that additional wide receiver to our roster that leaves our wide receiver room as drake london dodson quentin johnson jameson williams romeo dobbs sky Moore, and uh Devontae parker in the last round we have four tight ends it's trey mcbride laporta goddard and andrews quarterbacks is jared goff Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter. And then running backs is Christian McCaffrey, Ramondre Stevenson, Tank Bigsby, Chase Brown, Dwayne McBride, Zamir White. So I think that we're set up in a pretty interesting way, Sean. We are going to come back and recap both our teams and how the draft played out. But any thoughts on on our team in general as we close out today's show? Just that it's more or less the perfect draft coming out of this type of room, and it was so fun. And we've got lots of comments here in the chat about 
what a good time everyone had. I'd like to mention an additional note of appreciation to everyone who drafted with us today on Father's Day here in the United States. Same here. It was a, I don't know if Father's a, Day is worldwide, but Mother's Day seems to be in multiple countries at different times. Uh, Father's Day, Sean, seems to... There's only There seems to only be one day allowed per 365 worldwide for the fathers out there. So, Are, are you guys having Father's Day as Father's well? Father's Day here today. Okay. So we, for people listening, in case they're like, what? It's not Father's Day today. We're recording this on, on Sunday, the 18th of June. But it's Father's Day here as well, yeah. Yeah, and there will be a delayed release, but that's in part because... We don't expect much NFL news in between. But yes, Colin, this was such a good time. We were able to grab the names we liked early. We were able to load up on wide receivers in the middle rounds, which tends to be difficult to do. We came back with some of our favorite options late. We did the three QB build. I mean, this was the creative, entertaining time that we were looking forward to with the OT community. I think that we got a build that could be tournament ready. I think a bunch of the other drafters got builds that again whoever makes it through the two teams that get out of this league i think will be very well positioned because of the uniqueness of it it was such a great exercise thanks so much to everyone yeah it's going to be interesting i can't wait to to recap these you know there is time sean where sometimes we do the listener leagues and it's always a challenge and it's always a lot of fun but there can be times when like you're in the fifth sixth round and it feels like with those avalanches that things can become very very difficult and sometimes you finish those drafts and it's hard to fully enjoy a team but I, I think i really like the the players we're able to draft and what we were able to achieve here so we will be back to recap it make sure you are subscribed to the road of his overtime podcast feed to get that once it is available if you are signed up over at rotaviz.com, you can use the code RV Radio 2023 at checkout to get yourself a 10 percent discount off a rotaviz nfl pass and of course drop us a written interview on your favorite podcast app we would appreciate that greatly my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over to Marlin. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's work up on rotoviz.com. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.